There are three experienced gamers in this conversation, Vivian, Andrew, and Emil. Welcome. And me, Anna, and I know nothing about gaming. So I want to ask you to inform us about gaming and tell us, each of you, what is it? Well, gaming is a sort of way to, uh-oh, it's a sort of way to try on different identities. It's to put yourself in different situations. It's a way to experience things in the world in a safe environment, usually. That's what I would say. I will give a very boring and literal definition you could probably find on Google, <laughs> nice. as opposed to Mio's brilliant answer. Um, Basically, when you're playing on like a, I guess it's more example than an explanation, like you play on your Xbox, or your computer, in a kind of like different kind of worlds and environments, in different time periods, or maybe something similar. I think the literal sense of game is like just an activity like playing cards or whatever, but I think when we think about gaming, we tend to think about video gaming uh, in 2020, kind of where we're at. I think gaming can be a lot of things. I think what makes it unique is that it is housed in that virtual space where you can do things that aren't possible. You can jump off a building and fall thousands of feet and nothing happens and you can do it over and over again. So it puts you in a space where you really do get to make mistakes and you get to learn. There's a lot that goes with that, I think. So many mistakes. All of them are pretty much free of like judgment or free of uh, like you, you don't have to worry if someone's going to hurt your feelings sometimes. Usually, unless you're in like an online lobby where it might not have the best uh... legal legends. Yeah, legal legends. Where <laughs> it might not be the safest environment, but usually it's a pretty safe place. And you're with friends, and you're giggling, and you're like crashing a plane to the ground because you don't know how to fly it. Like it's just an okay place to make mistakes. I also think about gaming, and of course, not just the virtual world, but like because of now, because of COVID, I am finding myself playing. Dungeons and Dragons in more of a virtual setting online. And also, since I get to, I play D&D online, I get to play with people all across the world in not like a virtual game, but like in a, in a game that's more based in like a tabletop space where you can, you can play the game with people around you, but like you can also play with people all across the world. But again, that's not necessarily virtual where you talk and it's, it has like a lot of social dynamics you're trying to solve problems as a group with friends. It's really, really fun. And even when you're playing by yourself, like not necessarily just D&D, but like just things called like role-playing games, like similar to tabletop role-playing games, except you're playing by yourself in something like Shadows in the Sky or Halo, where you're experiencing the story, you're interacting with the story, and the actions you make, the decisions you make, they matter, and... It's kind of like an interactive storytelling kind of idea. Yeah, I think another interesting part, whenever you, I was playing something, a game called Mass Effect, which actually developed here in Edmonton by BioWare. Um, I would make decisions and depending on the outcome, I would feel bad. So if I made a decision and it accidentally hurt one of my companions or if it accidentally hurt a family or if it blew up a planet because that can happen, like, you feel some of these decisions. Sometimes you're just, you're putting on a different mask and you're like deciding, I'm gonna be an evil this time. <laughs> or sometimes you're gonna, you're gonna be the, the good hero that is out to save the 
people. And it's, it's fun to put on all those different hats. And when you, when you play in the game, at least for me, when I play a game the first time, I like to play it as how I would make those choices and decisions. And it really allowed me to see when I made a negative choice, how I felt about it and why I felt so bad. Because I really cared for that relationship I created with one of those imaginary sort of companions that will follow you around. Like they're, they're, they're a person, they'll talk to you and like you can have interactions with them that are just like Rex, whatever. Or you can have a, a conversation that goes deep into their character talking about how they suffered when they were young and how they grew up and why they are who they are. And it's, it's, I just love it. I yeah, love to get, make choices and feel them. Gives a lot of opportunity to see different perspective too. Yeah. You know, I think there's different types of games too, which make a big difference. Like a lot of what you're talking about is kind of like a story rich uh, role-playing type uh, adventure type of game where you can be the the savior, the hero, or you can be the the villain kind of character. I think I have a bit of a different experience where I have played different types of games, but I tend to be more specialized in in, in shooter type military oh, games, yeah. which for me, a lot of it is a lot about being competitive. And I've done it for so long that um, it's more about personal challenges and what you can do. I feel like there's also an element of teamwork there and like knowing, like it's building that relationship with friends. Like I know you have my back and I know you have like, you got my back and I got your back. And it's, it, it feels so good be able to save your friend or if they get dropped you can go and pick them up and make sure like that, that that bond strengthens whenever one of you goes down and you help each other out of that tough or rough situation and it's it feels so good in my opinion to play a game with somebody else and build that sort of connection with them I know for me, one of the big parts is communication is one of those things where in the heat of the moment, uh, a lot of people start yelling and screaming and it gets chaotic. And a big part of what you're supposed to do is calm that down. And each person has a role and perspective. And um, the better you communicate, the more successful you guys will be. And it's kind of in real time, almost like in, in sports, like, um, like hockey. You get angry, you slash on them. It's pretty obvious you're going to go sit in a box for two minutes with the dunce cap on and the team scores, you feel bad. Very similar in the video game where if someone's panicking, you're trying to say, hey, relax, calm down. They keep panicking. Maybe that attributes to loss. And then people have to debrief that afterwards. But in a heightened emotional sense where it requires people to kind of um, a degree of emotional intelligence where you have to relax and you see the, the value behind it and all that. And on that topic of communication, um, I don't know for you guys, but for me, I have – at least for specifically for like voice communications, like in games like Overwatch or I believe like Call of Duty. I never play Call of Duty, but I believe Call of Duty also has like voice comms where like I don't want to talk in mics even though it, it will benefit the team because they'll hear that I'm clearly a female. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sure you guys are fully aware of the yeah. whole gender stereotypes. <laughs> and, and like... Sometimes you get those guys who will be like, oh my goodness, it's a girl, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't like going along with it. Like, okay, yeah, go to like section B and then we'll fight over there. You know, they don't really care. You, 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 it's a guessing game every time. And like, I don't like personally doing that guessing game of am I going to get those teammates that are going to bother me because of my gender who are going to disregard me or who are just going to play the game on like normal. 
You know, I think that's a good point that I've noticed as well is that as a female, you kind of get the two extremes. You kind of either are automatically the queen of the world and everyone will do anything for you or people just seem to resist that and hate you just because other people either like you or just the notion that you are a girl online, they immediately kind of uh, very rude or mean, kind of condescending. Yeah. So you get the both extremes. Like those stigmas that come with just gender, like there's, there's a stigma that if you're a girl gamer, that you're not as good as the guy gamers, which is total bullshit. Like it's the, that it, there's no, there's no evidence of that. When I play games with Vivi, she's actually usually better than me. I know about shooters though. I know about shooters, Vivi, but no, like no, you're better. League of Legends, <laughs> you're better than me. Okay. I'm just going to straight up say it. Like, you know what? Josh knows it. Our entire friend group knows it. But. Correct. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I enjoy playing games with you because you're so incredibly competent and capable. And I don't have to worry about. You have to worry about me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll put me on your back. I'm like 250 pounds. You're like, my size. You carry me <laughs> online virtually. Much appreciation. Much love for that. Yeah, it's. That gender stereotype, and it is really annoying. And I'm I'm sorry you deal with that, Vivi. I actually didn't think about that. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, no problem. Like this, is, like more too. Like um, girl, if you are a girl gamer, like people will people will look at you when you claim you're a girl gamer and say, like, okay, so you're just an e girl, which is for some people a slang where you're just there to like. Mm-hmm get boys to like give you money or like shower for you, you. All that attention yeah or like they'll think okay so you play games like stardew valley or farming simulator you know that's very casual they don't like so, some people of course some some don't think girls can be competitive or just as competitive as guys yeah you're way better than me technically in creating a character in D&D. You will make a more competitive character than me in Dungeons and Dragons for sure. You don't have to compare me, oh, it's okay. Just <laughs> We're like, both great. <laughs> I know, but you, you have so much of that mental capacity for being able to be so proficient at those games. And I just really want to highlight that. Again, I'm, I, I don't like that negative stigma that girls are Again, like not good gamers or something along those lines. Like that just ticks me off. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I feel like I feed into that stigma a little bit because I can't deny I get a little bit prideful or proud when people compliment me when I'm doing really good. Like friends, that's all obvious, but like people who don't know what kind of gender you are, they're like, wow, you're doing superb. And I can't, like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I, I feel like that's like unconsciously feed into that stigma. Like I should be doing bad, but I'm not kind of thing because. Because of that stereotype, I feel so proud and stuff. I don't know if that's good or bad, but... <laughs> row, row, fight the power, baby. <laughs> huh. We just explored, or you just explored, the gender stereotyping in gaming. And it, it really fleshed it out. I wasn't thinking about that myself, so thank you for that. I'm wondering about other stereotypes or stigmas connected to gaming that you've experienced. I was just going to just relate that there are real life not, not like there's the virtual one. They, they don't know who you are and you have that anonymity. But when in, in real life, if you say that you're a gamer, at least back in the day, there was this image of someone that is obese or that is lazy or that like doesn't necessarily leave the house. Even though it's COVID, I'm not leaving my house, okay? So like it's, 
I just think those images, especially back in the day, were so incredibly negative. And nowadays, since it's more of a accepted social like quality to say that you're a gamer, like it's come so far in such a short time span. Um, I think there's a lot of stereotypes. I think even just the idea of a stereotype in general is interesting to think about because when I think about stereotype, I think about demographics. You know, you say um, uh, there's a higher percent or better chance that uh, someone might be like this in this type of virtual space. It doesn't uh, constitute or guarantee that everyone's going to be like that, but it still might come from some sort of um, uh, statistics kind of place. I think for me, one of the things I have uh, noticed a lot and resisted heavily is um, I've noticed there's can be an extreme immaturity in kind of uh, gaming in a virtual space. And I think part of it becomes from demographics, there's younger people playing. And I also think there's um, a bit of a, a lack of accountability, right? So really if uh, I can kind of say whatever I want and, and do whatever I want, and there really is no consequences. They're starting to change that by having in-game system of the companies that are producing like reporting systems or things like that. But typically it's a, it's like the wild west online, right? And anything kind of goes. And um, if you're not going to be embarrassed by whatever you do, then you can kind of say some of the, the craziest things I've ever heard would, would, would be online, you know? Yep. Andrew, I'm just curious, um, when you mentioned lack of accountability, do you think that there's actually harm that could be um, generated toward people that are gaming? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like 110%. I think it's like anything. There's pros and cons to anything. So however much positive force gaming can be through things like um, uh, problem solving or giving you confidence uh, that you've achieved something or, or achievement or anything like that, there's as much... Uh, potential for negative. I think one of the big things is, is racism. You'll have a little kid who gets upset and he knows what's the easiest way to get something. Well, you throw it out there. Maybe someone will react, react and then you have them on the hook. So you hear a lot of that and you just kind of have to ignore it, but there's a lot of um, uh, negativity that goes around. And, and like I said, there's, there's very little accountability other than the companies that produce it themselves or you might lose privilege or might not be able to play for a while or however they kind of um, introduce that into the game. Would you like to see some um, stricter parameters around it? Well, not really. I think they should give you tools to be able to ignore it so it doesn't impact you. For example, if there's a chat box, you should be able to blank it out or mute it instead of controlling because then it gets weird because I can get a group of four or five people to just say, hey, re report this guy just because we don't like him or he did something. He didn't listen to us. We wanted him to go left, he went right. Uh, let's, let's punish him by uh, manipulating the system, which is easy to do. Yep. And then it gets into weird of you're, you're starting to lose free speech. You're starting to lose a lot of the things we have in the real world get misconstrued under the idea that it's private property, you know, or it's, it's my company, it's my business. If you want to play, you sign terms and conditions, the fine print, I, I get to make the rules. So it gets a little weird. So I would much prefer that they just have systems where you can, uh, either mute people or get rid of the dialogue where uh, the only thing left is for them to maybe ruin the actual experience, in which case um, they have some sort of clever system to implement. Personally, I've been lucky enough to not really experience like a lot of those harmful stereotypes like around being my gender or just being a gamer, at least particularly in the online community. I'll be honest, if anyone says anything, I either just leave the lobby or just 
make it so I change the settings so I can't see them type or hear. That's because I, you know, don't give them attention and suddenly they stop. Don't but, feed um, it. Hmm? yeah, don't feed it, don't feed the monster, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I know, uh, before I get into the topic about culture oh. and like how that interacts with gaming, uh, I, I want to point out about how Andrew was talking about the demographics and accountability a little bit about how I feel like part of the whole, like, you know, loose lip, like, very ferocious, racist, or, like, hate speech or negative talks in the community is because, um, there's not a lot, like, I don't know how the word is better, so hopefully the explanation will be better, like, supervision or, like, teaching moments to, like, help people who are, like, being toxic in the community, so to say. Like, um, mm -hmm. let's, like, the typical response from a parent when you see their kid, like, like lashing out, like, slamming the keyboard, it's like, just turn off the game. Or they themselves will go turn off the Wi-Fi. It's like, okay, there you go, you're done. But it's not really, like, at least, i never done research on it, but personally, from what I've seen, is it's not a lot of conversation that happens, like, what's going on? It's more like, oh, you're mad because someone killed you ten times? Okay, that's, it's just a game, just move on like you're the kids right i think that's super important what you're saying is that it's very punitive i think we really notice that today in social media with things like facebook or twitter where someone says a comment they don't you don't like it instead of trying to educate them or create dialogue it's like you grab your pitchfork and go get them yeah, they're exactly. dead to us and then maybe if they if something comes back on them then they say oh sorry i didn't mean to say that right so i think as a community we're very quick to throw people under the bus instead of kind of figure out together and I think what you're saying is the same in the in the, the game world where there's no um, there's no like rehabilitation there's no learning there's no coming back it's kind yeah. of like you did something back you're punished either learn or you don't mm -hmm. that. and um in terms of um back to the stereotype uh well in my uh, family culture, um, it's when they see me behind the screen or my brother behind the screen, it's we're being lazy. We're not doing our schoolwork, even though we tell them like 10 times, we're finished. Here's the work. See, we, we wrote out all the answers. It, there's no convincing them kind of thing. Um, you know, take good care of yourself. Um, I know, I'm, I don't hear it so much today, but I know back then I would read some news about, you know, gamers. Oh, Never take care of the face, always acne covered, slobs, uh, don't take care of themselves, always uh, living in the basement of the parents' house, you know, those kind of imageries. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. And I do have a question for Andrew and Mio because I'm really curious. Um, I talked about how being a female affected me being a gamer. Do you guys ever felt like being uh, men in the gaming community has affected you in any sort of way? Not necessarily. <clears throat> the only thing that I feel like when I am a guy online is that there was generally more acceptance. Like people like you say you're a dude. That's like the expectation. That is the that is the social norm around it. So like there's there's no consequence for it. It's it's the expectation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Andrew? I think being a a man online is just like being a white man in the world like you're just you're you're not i wouldn't say you're special but you're like the default and then yeah. if you're female or anything other than then it just gets weird from there can you um not reveal your identities when you're gaming or involved in gaming oh yeah all the time mm -hmm. like usually you use a moniker 
like I'm using the moniker Untis right now, mm -hmm. U-N-T-I-S-S. That's generally what I use whenever I'm in an online gaming community. Uh, so whenever I hear someone say Untis, that is my name. That's my secondary name. That is uh, my nickname in, I guess, the 21st century. But only people from the online communities are going to call me Untis necessarily. So it's just a different culture, I suppose. So it's not like Facebook, I think, where it's like yeah. Facebook, if you had an alias and then you decide if your account is based on different platforms, they have information like where you live, what's your name, what's your birthday, and you choose whether to fill those out or not and who can see that and when based on whatever platform you're within. Mm -hmm. What are the benefits for gaming for you yourselves? <clears throat> if anyone would like to go first, I would like to elect Vivi because I'm what? very interested, but you don't have to speak if you don't want to. Uh, yeah, I could, I don't mind going first, um, experience, well, I started when I was in, uh, grade three, I believe, I apologize, I apologize to every gaming community who said you have to be 13 in order, I was definitely not 13 in <laughs> order when I first started, but I don't think a lot of people were, but, <laughs> hmm? um, I first played a game called Wonderland Online, where, very chill game. I'm not sure how to describe it. It's an MMORPG, which stands for. I'm gonna guess so much. Master multiplayer. Thank you. <laughs> Massive multiplayer, online. Yeah, uh, and I basically met. I, I joined a guild called Everlasting. It used to be called something else, but that was like the most recent before it got torn down. And I met a lot of people there, and I was very uh, a very shy kid, like in real life at school, but behind a screen where I can just type to people, I felt like I could just, you know, as we talked earlier, be whoever I want to be kind of thing. Mm. I mean, part of it was like, I mean, if they hate me, I could just go offline. So there's a little bit of manipulative side there where like, you know, <laughs> I could just leave if this personality doesn't work. Mm -hmm. it, it does kind of sound fake at first, but like, eventually I get comfortable with like being myself eventually. Yeah. Like talking about the things I do like rather than the things they kind of like and like, having been accepted for that was kind of nice and long too long uh, long story short uh i don't talk to a lot of them now it's just we grew we grew older it was a very young era when i was in elementary i'm not even friends with people in high school some of them so i can't really expect the people i met in elementary that we connect well today but it was nice i they were they were surely like a definite part of growth for me i think school would have been a lot harder for me had i not been part of that community but Today, I met a lot of online friends. Me and Mio both kind of know some of them. And, like, they're super awesome. They're in different parts of the world. And before I get to the whole safety, like, talk about, like, you know, security and safety and online uh, community and, and identity sharing and confidentiality, um, yeah, they are people I very trust, some more so than, like, people I know in real life, too. And they just, you get to know so much about their own community, like parts of the world I might not never see like, or travel to. And it's just very interesting. And it's really nice too when you actually get to see them in real life. It's like, wow, you're real. Like, I know I've heard your voice. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Talk, but you're real. I can touch you. I can feel you. You're not a dream. You're not a hallucination. I really, I, I was actually starting to cry and tear up when you were talking about you know, the first time meeting our friends and like actually getting a group together and we played D&D &D and it was so sick. 
<laughs> it was so fun. I, I actually, you, you brought some tears nearly to my eyes because that was actually such a awesome, fun, special moment to, to like cook for them, to, to, to be in the same space as them, to play board games with them. Like it was, it was actually such a nice thing. I'm so happy that you introduced me to your friend group online. I'm very thankful because they're really, really good people. Like just hearing them, hearing about their lives helps me grow as a person and helps helps us grow as people together within our online community. And when someone's having a bad day, you're there for them and they're there for you. The only difference is that they're super far away in another country and another state or another province. And like, it's, it's so incredibly like, I'm very thankful for the chance to be able to meet all of them through online gaming and having that ability to have that social context to meet and like be together and have common goals to have fun, which make us have to, not like have to, but like they give us a, a like a meaningful interaction. Like playing Among Us, deciding who's the imposter, who's trying to destroy everybody on the ship, and like voting who needs to be shoved out of the airlock. I think it's just funny. It is so hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm super thankful for for having that ability in this day and age, especially like during COVID, because you're never alone. You always have someone that you can talk to and relate with. I think what you're saying too is a bit of a, a liberating space with safety involved too. Kind of like if you travel to a different city, you don't know anyone. You can maybe do something embarrassing because you know they never know you're not going to run into them again. I think oh, yeah. online offers a bit of that same space for Animated. a little bit of the, you're not as worried to, you're not going to bump into them, right? You just click end call. That's the end of that forever if it didn't work out, right? So. Yeah. Is that safety and just being able to be like, ah, bye, boop. Mm-hmm. Just curious, Andrew, how has, like, Vivi and me have, like, we, we've combined our online friend network. What, what, what does your online friend network look like for you? And what does that mean to you, if you don't mind? Yeah, so my online network is as much like my network in real life. Uh, it's always been the same for as long as I can remember. Um, both online and real life, I've always had a very small cohort of people that I really connect well with that are typically uh, older than me for whatever reason. Um, maybe just I was mature earlier or just the culture, interested in different things. I've always had a very small, tight-knit community of uh, like-minded people Um and I'm not afraid to be committed to that. Many times I'll play with people who maybe they just, the negativity is too much and no matter how many chances you give them, it just doesn't work out. So I'll just move on. Like it's, it's not negative. I don't you know. Just we're not uh, in this for the same reasons or whatever, you know? So I've always had a very small community of, of like-minded people. All right. I feel like I, that makes sense when I, when I hear you. I'm also very competitive. So when I play these types of games, as, as much as I could get along with someone very, 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 very well, I might not want to play with them just because we're playing on just different levels. It's just, you can't achieve the same things you're t- 
typically waiting to do and you know you're, you're slowing and you're waiting which is fine from time to time but if i'm just going to do it as a hobby in my own time sometimes it's very much like um you want to be good at a certain caliber of standard yeah that i want absolutely yeah. i'm with you on that that's why i always play with the vb she has to carry me carry me fps <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys get out of it what do you actually get out of gaming Oh, you get, uh, when you're younger, you get identity. For me, it was a really, really strong one. I got the identity of, like, not just, like, being a gamer, but being someone that's, like, good at something, having a particular skill set in, I don't know, fighting games and shooter games or, like, being the one in my friend group that's known for doing this one level on really high difficulty in a very short amount of time. Like, it's it's being known for being... For having that 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 power uh, and being special at something, I guess. Okay. Um, but there's 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 a lot you get out of it. <sighs> what do you guys think? Uh, I think it's correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, not much different than when you would be as an athlete or an artist or a singer. <laughs> as you say, you get a sense of identity, fulfillment, accomplishment, pride, like all sorts of things. I mm -hmm. think it's just like any other means of like activity or like hobby. I think identity is a huge part of it. And it's, it'd be very interesting to look at that almost in the study seriously of gaming and identity and to, to find out what you see. But like as a, let's say as a 13 or 14 year old kid, you're, you're a kid in the eyes of the entire world. You, you only, you're only expected to do so much. Whereas for example, when I was maybe 14 or 15, um, I played with people who, who competed in a tournament and, and for a quarter million dollars. And we were the number two team in the world. So that gives you a bit of confidence. Like, um, I crazy. can do it. Um, I can problem solve. I can overcome. So for me, that's, uh, I think, a lot of what kept, kept me in it was that you're so good at it and you can kind of evaluate yourself around an international kind of world and go, look, I'm... Um, tenth in the world, you know that's that, that's something. You know? Yeah. In League of Legends, I think I'm top twenty percent, and Vivi's top seven percent. Something crazy like that. Is that how that ranking system works? Yes, because you're North America to specify North America. Still, like even in world terms, it's still going to be you're going to still be in the same area of seven percent. Yeah. Seven to ten percent, and I'm still going to be in the same. Uh, top 20 to 30 percent somewhere around there a lot of that identity piece of just being competent in something having sort of an, an art form for for like a just knowing how to do something really really well i guess with friends is like one of the funnest experiences and it can be as simple as just something to do right like if I want to play a game, I can turn it on for 10, 15 minutes and go, oh, that's fun, I'm bored, I'll do something else. It's like a very easy, accessible kind of hobby, just something to do. Yeah. At least for, at least for me, anyways. How could you use gaming as a support strategy in CYC when you're working with kids or youth? Something that I really, really <laughs> want to try doing is using Dungeons and Dragons specifically to try and help build advocacy for self in, in, in kids, being able to build that self-confidence, that self-esteem, help change those narratives, help them build up experience 
believe in themselves and believe in people around them because you get so many opportunities to let them take control in a situation that might not necessarily be easy or could be a little bit dangerous and they're solving it for themselves in their own way so like it's it's amazing if you if you give someone the opportunity to solve a problem they're not going to go about it in any way that you think they should everyone will solve a problem in some weird other wacky crazy way they build a lot of themselves as they do that over and over and over again and doing that in a tight-knit community i think can do a lot for helping people develop their social like doing it you have to create that safe space for it will help them be able to communicate more effectively, talk about their emotions, let things out. I don't know. What are you, what are you guys thinking? You could connect them with an identity piece. Like a role-playing game would be a perfect example. Do you want to be the big tough warrior? Do you want to be the sneaky guy? Do you want to be the guy that is the leader? Do you want to be the guy that's the follower? And you can ask them who you can pick. Then not only do they get to pick it like from a movie like they would or a book, but now there's more of an interactive component. You can see the choices that they might make. Maybe that develops some sort of agency or whatever. Their idea that's popping out to me is the idea of that psychosocial moratorium like that mistake forgiveness kind of piece where you can you can explore and try things and there's really not a lot of consequences to it. I don't think I have much to add to what you guys are saying. It's a game is very adaptive, like just like kind of so many genres of books, there's so many types of games that could appeal to like different people's interests, right? Story based, competitive, cooperation, social yeah. deception. You can adapt games to like meet the needs of youth, right? Like if you need if they need help with math, well make some PowerPoint game that has has some like count or like some check stuff with like with the click of a finger. Or like role playing games like D and D, you know, it might, you can have like lots of like questions about like think back to like a model you had in your life or like a superhero that you really looked up to, mm-hmm. and like try to build a character based on that. Try like putting yourself in their shoes, thinking how they would do it. Like the debrief is also really important too in that regard. Like how do you feel in that role? Do you feel kind of awkward? Do you feel like it, it fits you perfectly? How could that change? Well, what do you what do you find out you liked about them by doing this? What do you find out you didn't really like? What was hard? What was easy? You know, the list can go for quite some time. I was going to say that you could really help develop someone's like moral development and where they're at. So discovering, you know, why doesn't Superman just steal everything that he needs or take everything he needs? They can you can understand like why it is Superman functions like that and just more thinking opportunities like that, I think. Do you see the potential of being a mentor for children and youth in this virtual life space? For me, absolutely. There's, a, like I said, I have a small cohort that I play with. Um, one of the people I've been playing with is, uh, I think he's 18 or 19, but he's more mature and he just graduated. We've had lots of good conversations about life, like I said, now it's just how I've handled situations in the past or, um, Maybe he's done something rude when he's got upset and say, no, like, you respect me. I respect you equally, whatever. And we've, we've worked through differences. I know that for sure. So, yeah, I've, I've had lots of opportunities to help people 
so so many like not even just through video games but because of video games and them linking i get to talk to them all the time apps like discord or what used to be skype i've had opportunities to create like emotional attachment with people so that they don't feel alone in this world so that they have something that they can wake up to and look forward to so that they know that there is a reason to wake up for the, the next day like that that is a an awesome thing that i'm so happy i've had the opportunity to do with other people i'm i'm so happy that i've had the opportunity to help some people grow in playing games like league of legends and playing games like people are always like looking for help but they don't necessarily want to always ask for it because it's a fine line like trying to help guide people and some people ask for it and some people don't there's so many people out there and being virtual allows you to connect with anyone anywhere if they're having a good day or a bad day you can create change in that moment, in that life space of that game and you can choose to talk to that person and be a human being with them or you can choose you know to be another person on the internet that just doesn't care and is that like just is not in that moment with them does gaming transcend or bridge differences such as gender racial identities ability disability language absolutely i, I believe most of the physical differences are transcended there's some people out there that can't my i i have one of my friends and he he's medically he's been struggling he has to go to the hospital pretty much like once a year for like a big operation and through video games and through games in general he is able and allowed to express himself in a lot of different ways that he couldn't mm -hmm. outside of that scenario and i'm very thankful to, to have that opportunity with him um so i think the physical realm absolutely 100 percent transcended i think that the virtual realm will help you Transcend those easy peasy. I definitely know um, when there's a sense of anon. I can't say this word. Anonymity, anonymous. Anonymity. Yeah, thank you. Like without the voice comms, you just have your keyboard, your mouse, and this chat log going on. Just like in this far right corner of the Zoom chat, we have a bunch of people just typing out their stuff. You don't know if the person you're talking to, you don't know what their culture is, you don't know what their ethnicity is, you don't know what their nationality is. Yeah. And like, you could be talking to like just about anybody for that screen, right? And what you have to go off by is just the words they're typing to you, like how they're, how they're saying it, how they're phrasing it, that kind of thing. Um, that's both interesting. It's a double-edged sword. It's interesting because it helps transcend those things, but at the same time, um, there's some dangers in it because you know safety is secure like is this person actually a good person what if they have like this list of criminal records they haven't been caught yet like there's a lot of things to worry about it, it, it's just like meeting new people in real life though except you don't you can't see their face and whatnot but in real life like this stranger could very well be someone who hurts you like two years down the line or he, he could be someone that's really special to you or you know, it could be anything, right? Yeah, we've had a mix and match of that in our friend group, so. Yeah. I think for me, just because I've been in, uh, stuck in the same space as people with, uh, from different cultures or just difference in general, 
I don't know that it comes up that much. I mean, other than an accent, there's no way to tell. It's just a voice, you know? So I think for me, I don't know that it bridges the gap in other areas, but I do know that it provides for exposure. For example, the, the young guy I play with now, he's from Alabama. They're just, you know, had a hurricane come through, right? So he's showing pictures of his yard and all the poles missing and stuff. In the past, I played with someone who was in the army who was from North Carolina and uh, just had different phrases, uh, just different, a bit of a different culture. So for me, I think it's more about exposure and then maybe you can recognize that someone's different, but you still might get along from different places. But for me, it's more about exposure than it is bridging any sort of gap, I would think. That being said, I've also had conversations with people from Indonesia, people from Russia. I've had random conversations and I've had opportunities to talk with people from all over the planet. And it is wacky and crazy and sometimes don't understand what they're saying. I got to talk with some people from Indonesia that I got to help them develop their language skills and talk with them so that they had an opportunity to practice it. I think it doesn't really matter that much where you're from. Because you meet so many people online that are going to sound so different or just, you just walk into it so often. And usually it's met with curiosity. If it's usually not met with curiosity, it's kind of just terminated instantly, right? So as soon as it's negative, they usually go away. Otherwise, it's positive and you find out more about them. So once I, you know, played the phone from was um, United uh, Arab uh, Emirates. So we just asked some questions as they're open, like, what's it like? What are the laws there? What do you do on a day to day? And oh man, that's very different than here. And, you know, kind of a healthy curiosity. Yeah. yeah. People are people, much like Andrew said. Mm-hmm. All human beings. In, in the virtual space is just different just because, like, if let's say there's a guy, same, same situations, guy from the UAE uh, in a classroom. I walk in, I go, hey, all of a sudden it doesn't work. I turn around and leave. It's, it's a bit different where online you can just leave because you're just going to do something else. You're, you're going, it, your personality doesn't, whatever, right? So there's a, just a different, less confrontational, more open. It sounds like a, a space where there's less pressure. You, I think it's less pressure because you have more control. And mm-hmm. whether that's through um, anonymity or whatever it is, yeah. 